If you're a government, you want to incentivize venture capitalists to make bets on early stage startups. Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington, and welcome to Bullish. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much and we'll get back to the show. Boom, people, welcome back to the show. Today, we're gonna to talk about how taxes work in funds. Now, if you guys don't know, I've run a number of different funds. I currently run a crypto hedge fund called Ugly Unicorn. It's actually been really fun. I, me and Dan Young, my business partner, run that. I ran two funds prior. Actually, our second fund, we exited out of that last year. And then through Fund Launch, we've been able to coach and help hundreds and hundreds of people launch their funds. Last year, just our Black Card group launched 130 funds out of that group, which is pretty cool. We have eight portfolio funds that we're strategic advisors to as well, which is pretty fun. And so anyways, I talk all day, every day about funds and this is what we do. So I, today I wanted to address, uh, I know on bullish, we talked about a bunch of other stuff, which is, I just, it's just fun for me, but the primary core, we talked primarily about funds. So today the question is how taxes work in funds. Um, now to preface this, taxes will look a little different for every type of fund. So it'll look a little different for a venture capital fund versus a real estate fund or a private equity fund or a hedge fund. Now, all those funds are pretty similar. We've helped uh, every single one of those types launch in the last year. And actually we're strategic advisors to all of those as well. So I get to see the back end workings of how these funds work. So let's just take some of these one by one. Uh, so for example, one of the biggest advantages of investing in real estate is the tax depreciation that you can pull off it. You can do a cost segregation analysis. And this works not just even in a fund, but this works in general. So I have actually purchased a, a number of real estate properties myself. And what you do is you do a cost segregation and you can do accelerated depreciation. And we have actually pulled out a decent amount of depreciation on as a K1 to me on my taxes. And so it reduces my tax bill uh, because we can depreciate that asset um, in an accelerated manner. Now, this is not tax or legal advice. Okay, go <laughs> before I get any further. Don't come sue me because I told you something on a podcast, okay? This is just what I've done and what I've seen in my businesses, all right? Not tax or legal advice. But you can do this. Now, people ask me, Bridger, can you do this for funds? And the answer is yes. So typically, I am an investor, by the way, in two real estate funds. Both those funds, the first year we put money in, and then I got back like a negative... 30 or $40,000 K1. And I saw this K1, I was like, man, the fund must be doing terrible. I was like, crap, we're losing money. And I remember I asked somebody at the fund, they said, no, dude, that's, we're, we're killing it. The, the assets are appreciating, but we pulled out a lot of depreciation the year one and we passed that on to you to help you with your tax bill this year. And I was like, oh, wow, well, thank you. <laughs> and then the next year I got a negative, I think it was another negative 30, around, right around $30,000 again the next year. I was like, dude, that's sweet. So I'm getting this. Now, so in a real estate fund, what will happen is they will buy these buildings. Uh, they then can do depreciation on year one. They do a cost segregation analysis that depreciates the asset. They then, they can pass that through back to the limited partnership, which then gets passed through to their investors in the, in the form of a K1 um, as limited partners. That's what happened to me. Now, Bridger, are you guys avoiding taxes? Like, how does this work? So in real estate, 
uh, now, the, let's just say in a fund, the property, let's say it does well. We make money on it, but we're passing on depreciation. And uh, now eventually though, we're gonna sell that property. So when we sell, let's say we bought the property for a million dollars, we've depreciated it down to $500,000, half of it, just because we because buildings wear out, things get old, things are just depreciating. But then we sell the building, we bought it for a million, we sell it for 1.5 million, okay? Instead of having a gain of 500,000, we have a gain of a million now. And so you have to recoup those losses later when you sell. Does that make sense? Um, so that's what happened for you guys that are like, are you guys avoiding tax? This, this is what real estate people do around the world. Um, this is why I think Donald Trump and uh, uh, Mitt Romney, have talked, they've been drilled about their taxes. Like, dude, we, we run funds and we'll talk about the fund tax thing. On the, the, but we also do a lot of real estate and the real estate depreciates our assets. This is the, this is the tax depreciation we get. There's a great clip from Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton's asking about, it's like $900 million that Trump had depreciated on his real estate. And he's like, yeah, I do that because it's written in the tax code. The tax code incentivizes me to do that. And so do all of your donors. Everyone does this. It is the IRS has written the tax code in a way that incentivizes people to buy real estate. Hey, hey what's going on people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Payton here. So if you've liked the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. We actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube and go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks guys. Now, what's also cool is you can do, this is outside of, well, in a fund as well, but even outside of your fund, you can do what's called a 1031 exchange. So, and once you sell that building and you have a certain time period, every state's, sometimes there's different laws, but I'll just say for general sense, a certain time period, you can go buy another real estate property and roll those gains into that other real estate property. So back to our other example, we bought something for a million dollars. It depreciated to 500,000. We, we sold it for 1.5 million. We now have 1.5 million. We have like 90 days to go buy another building for 1.5 million and we don't pay any taxes on it because we're just changing assets. And so what's happened is that since the IRS has created these codes, it has helped real estate become one of the best performing asset classes in the country. You get appreciation because real estate appreciates typically. You get rental income and you get depreciation, which is pretty cool. Okay, so then, so back to the question on funds, this all gets flowed back to the investors. A similar thing happens in private equity. So private equity, uh, someone will come in and buy a big company, let's say uh, uh, Radio Shack. They just got purchased by, I think Ty Lopez has big fund actually. Uh, Toys R Us. Um, Coles. Anyways, you'll buy a big, let's call it a department store. Private equity firms, a lot of them have different strategies, but some will come in and rip the company apart and depreciate certain assets initially. And they will then pass those depreciated assets on to their investors as a tax, tax depreciation. So you can do this in private equity. Um, depending on the assets you are buying, um, it sometimes depends. You got to do a cost segregation on the whole business and depreciate what you can. You can appreciate desks and cameras and all sorts of cool stuff in the business. Um, and then you can pass that to investors. Um, in venture capital, it's a little bit harder because you are in the startup space. So there's not much to depreciate. Um, however, venture capitalists do get a lot of benefits from the law. The government has tried to incentivize venture capitalists. So of all the fun types, venture capitalists actually get the most uh, things with, whether it's the SEC or IRS, they get the most benefits. And I talked to one guy as a venture capitalist, he's like, we just have the best lobbyists because <laughs> venture capitalists, uh, and what, again, what they've, and I 
agree with this as well. If you're a government, you want to incentivize venture capitalists to make bets on early stage startups. And so whatever you can do to help maybe take away licenses, there's most venture capitalists do not have to have any licenses to launch a fund. Um, that's one example. They don't have to file with certain SEC requirements because they're a venture capitalist. They just, they want to make it as easy as possible to become a venture capitalist because it typically spurs on growth and job growth and innovation and technology when venture capitalists keep placing bets on early stage startups. Um, is this kind of making sense? Now, in general, so this is, I'm, I went through all the fun types. Let's see, hedge funds. Hedge funds are a little different. Um, you're going to make money on trading losses. So it's just, it's similar to like a brokerage account. Um, you can pass those through back to your investors if you had losses and or gains. Um, you can get taxed as an investor or as a, a different type um, as a fund. And so you can pick what type of, and, and every hedge fund might have a different type of nuance, whether you're a futures trader doing Forex, doing crypto, doing equities, they have different nuances uh, with hedge funds. So of all the fund types, hedge funds are definitely the most complex as far as tax and compliance wise, but you can also do really well in hedge funds. Um, all right. Is this kind of making sense so far? Now, last thing I want to share is with funds in general. Now, again, this is not tax legal advice, but in general, the IRS wants to incentivize people to run funds. And so what they have said is that if you're the general partner of a fund, your uh, income that comes to you as a general partner is not taxed at normal ordinary income, which for some, if you're a high income earner, it's 45, 50% in some states. They are gonna tax you at capital gains rates, which is 20%, almost half is kind of cool. Again, they want to incentivize people like me and you to go launch funds because funds pool capital together, sometimes from overseas, they pull capital to America and they invest typically in companies and startups and things that can grow and develop infrastructure, different things. So because of that, fund managers typically are paying a much lower tax rate than other people. Now, during Donald Trump's uh, can, uh, presidency, they changed it from a year. So you had to hold the assets for about a year to now it's, uh, I believe it's two and a half years. Maybe it's three. Don't, don't quote me on that. It's two and a half to three years. <laughs> you can say, I, again, it's not tax legal advice. It's right around that time frame. So you have to hold the asset. So for example, if you bought a private equity firm, you have to hold that asset for over, let's just say, let's take the higher, the three years. And after you hold it for three years, then if you sell, those are passed to you at a capital gains rate as the general partner earning uh, your carried interest on the fund which is kind of cool. So there are a lot of cool tax incentives for being a manager of a fund and or investing into funds where you can pull out a lot of tax advantages. This is how the rich keep getting richer. It's important to know what they're doing. I, I always say this myself, like you can argue, you can be mad about it, or you can copy what wealthy people do. I'm in the game. I want to be, I'm doing this all. I, I work every day to become wealthy. <laughs> whatever job you're in, whatever you do, you do it because they pay you money. If they stop paying money, you would stop showing up. So you should probably start learning from people who have more money than you. So I try to find mentors and coaches that are billionaires or people that are high hundred millionaires. And I want to learn, what are you doing? How did you build your wealth? Why did you take that route versus other? What do you invest into? And typically when you dig down to it, oh man, there's some really cool tax advantages. There's some really great things when you invest into funds that are pretty much only for wealthy people. Um, now, you might be mad about that. The rich are getting richer. My whole concept is I, you know, we can fight it, whatever, but I'm gonna, if, if there's a wealth gap that's dividing between the rich and the poor, I want to be on the rich side, okay? And I'm going to figure that out for me and I'm going to learn all the strategies of whatever I can do to become on the rich side of that wealth gap. That is parting. So with that, hopefully that's helpful. Comment down below if you guys want more videos like this and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.
Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you've, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing.